good everybody man welcome back to episode three of the fast break man it's your boy coach k caleb caleb henderson i go by many names man but we follow the name which is above all names we're back here and i'm back with my brothers man you know what it is fellas what's goody what's good man it's your boy morris barco here we live in effect ready to get this thing going let's get it yo it's your boy justin savelles man we Gotta get started, man. Let's go. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. All right. Yeah. So what's good, man? Of course, we're coming off of another two powerful episodes of The Last Dance. Um, very exciting, man. Uh it was, I would say, the turning point. But we're gonna go ahead and dive right into it, man. Barco, what you got for us today, my brother? Yeah, let's dive right into it, man. We're gonna talk about the double nickel. Right, and that's going to be strong to get started with. We want to start this thing off with the mecca of basketball, the pioneer of all of basketball across this nation. I believe it started right there in New York, right? The art, the art of it. And what better way to start off with Jordan's notorious, the infamous double nickel game where he scored 55 points just in his second game back from a five month retirement span. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I know if I probably took five months, let alone maybe even one month off the game of basketball and I tried to come back and put up those type of numbers, I'd be gassing for breath. What about y'all? What do y'all think? Man, man, playing, man, this just playing, man, and coming back at a at a time like this, man, out of retirement, you know, five games after coming out of retirement, Michael Jordan scores fifty-five points in the Mecca, in the garden, bro. One of the most iconic places to play in NBA history. And, I mean, you got to look at it, too, man. My man, Mike, wore the number 45, one of the, another iconic jersey as well, mm-hmm. uh, a number that no one really knows about, but it's you hardly hear so much about it because he only wore it one time, really. But, uh, man, it's, it's just crazy, man, because you, you think about it, when you really think about it, you're coming from – this guy's coming from a different sport. I'm talking about mm-hmm. baseball. Uh Baseball, man, it's a, it's a different game. It's not. It's nowhere compared to basketball. Basketball is nowhere ca- compared to baseball. So you got someone who comes from, uh, comes from baseball and and just coming out and scoring fifty five, like five months later in basketball. That means that you know that's not enough time to get back into basketball shape. Do y'all agree? Is that enough time? I definitely uh, agree with that statement. Um, like you said, his body has already gotten acclimated during that time to. You know, in the swing of, of – <laughs> that's funny, you know, no pun intended – in the swing of things with baseball. But absolutely, his conditioning to get back into the conditioning of basketball, running up and down that court, completely, completely different. So I Facts. imagine – I know for me, it would probably be a little bit tougher. I know just taking off a week, trying to get back in the swing of things, I'd be out of breath, man. Yeah, facts, man. Y'all know basketball is one of them feel games. You know, you got to feel it. You got to stay in that rhythm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But when he came back, 
like Hov said, man, when I come back wearing the four or five, it's not to play games with you, but to aim at you. Just to hear <laughs> what Jordan was saying about the number 45, man. It's so uh it's so clutch to understand that a player can take five months off. You know, not only take five months off, but come from a game where like your mind really isn't engaged as much as basketball. Basketball is one of them sports where you gotta think on the offensive end, you gotta think on the defensive end, you gotta, you know, you constantly thinking. They always say basketball is a thinking man's game. So for him to come back still with the prowess that he had as far as an athlete being the greatest of all time. Not only that, but that also speaks to Madison Square Garden and how much of an impact they had on Jordan. Because when you come back from five months off, man, if he would have played at a different arena, could it have been a different story? Would he have dropped the 55? You know, either mm. not only dropping 55, but he was 21 for 37 from the field. He made three threes and he was 10 for 11 at the free throw line. That's not skipping a beat. Absolutely, man. You know, so uh, <laughs> just to allude to that, man, it's just Jordan is that guy when he did that, man. Yeah, and, and once again, I just want to reiterate, this was only his second game back. Mm. Only his second game back, and we would later see the effect that trickled down from that game by itself, scoring 55 as what we call the double nickel game. We would see it later down the line with players like my personal favorite basketball player of all time, and arguably the greatest player of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant, with the scoring 61 in the Mecca, a.k.a. the Garden, and also Carmelo Anthony, who holds the leading point, uh, excuse me, leading uh, scoring of the Mecca in itself, or the highest scoring points in a game, uh, leading that with 62. And uh, I think it's uh, worth noting that James Harden currently is tied by uh, an opposing player with Kobe Bryant uh, scoring 61 in the Garden. So, uh, definitely worth noting um, yeah. that the Mecca obviously is a place and a gem that players want to sky high. They want That's to put on, they want to put on a performance because I guess they feel, you know, if, the, if you can get the approval of Nick fans, <laughs> then you get the approval from the rest of the NBA and this fan base. Yeah. Facts, man. Uh, those are all good points, man. And I appreciate it. Um, Barco, I know you got some more topics for us to discuss, man, because that's really a good one right there. Just speaking about Madison Square Garden, the, the nostalgia, Spike Lee, all the superstars making it out to there, man. So I Absolutely, that. man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, speaking of the Mecca and it being like the, the renouncing area to want to perform, let's talk about the Dream Team, where it, which would host the greatest performers throughout the entire league. Um, and in and, and, uh, specifics, we're going to talk about Isaiah Thomas not mm. being selected, although him meeting the requirements of being uh, what, what, what he would have been a dream team uh, teammate. Um, yeah. So I kind of get the feeling that this has something to do with the works of MJ himself uh, being, you know, being based on what we've seen in episodes five and six. Oh, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, looking in it, just looking into the episode, man, and just uh, and just seeing how that dream team came together. Those guys, they were they were great friends on and off the court, uh, but they were true competitors at the end of the day. But they never let the, they never let the game of basketball uh, and the way they compete uh, ruin the friendship. Um, and I think I think that was pretty cool, man. And I think. That's one of the reasons why we all we all saw 
uh, you know, Isaiah not being a part of that dream team. I, there was no, there was no friendship. There was no relationship. Um, most of the guys did not respect him, uh, you know, as who he was on the court. Um, I mean, Michael did say he is, you know, behind Magic, jo Magic Johnson, uh, another one of the greatest point guards there is uh, that ever played the game, um, second to Magic. So the respect level as his basketball career is there, but so far as him being a, you know, a true, you know, true person with personality and character, and I mean, it's, it's different, man. It's just like, you know, each one of us has played basketball with the team before, and we all consider that family, am I right? So you, you connect with everybody on your team. You, I mean, it goes a long way, and I just don't think that that, that connection was there. Have you ever played with, uh, if you, have you ever had a teammate that you played with that you necessarily <clears throat> necessarily didn't like as much or didn't, you know, really care for? I mean, yeah, everyone everyone's had uh, that one person on the team that you don't care for, but I think it's you find a way to still play with that person. You find a way to you know to still cope and to build some type of relationship with, even though you guys view, have different views, but it's. Mm -hmm. I think I feel like it's still you still find it in you to to still connect with that person, and I just don't think that they had any kind of connectivity at all. You know, as many times as been yeah. there. I mean, you you gotta look at it like this. I feel like you know your ego. I feel like Isaiah Thomas' ego got the best of him to the point where he was not about to be apologetic. He wasn't going to be you know Mister Hey, I'm gonna come up to these guys and. And say I'm sorry, or try to you know try to build that build that report back up with him. Nah, you you saw it. You 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 can see that he clearly didn't want it at all. But now he's biting himself at the end of the day and saying like I, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. And Mike, you know, Mike has this this hatred against him. Is just like you know what, like man, screw you. At the end of the day, I, I really don't care. You're still a great player, but so far as us being friends, it would never happen. Yeah, fine. right. And 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 to to your point, sorry to cut you off. No, there. no, you didn't. Uh, to your point, the reason why I asked if you've ever had a player or a teammate that you really didn't care for is because if we both have a common ground, which is to win that gold medal, do you think we should put beside ourselves our personal issues? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to be biased just because this is a Jordan documentary, mm -hmm. but. I, I do find some fault on Jordan for not for having the pool that he did because obviously he was running the yeah. show even even with the the Olympics. Clearly club, but he was running the show. Clearly, you know, but I, I can't I can't really say that everybody on that dream team had the same feelings towards Isaiah mm -hmm. like Jordan did because I think it's clear and evident that Magic Johnson and Isaiah had a really, really great friendship. Yeah. Um, you know, they they would even you know do the little smooch on the on the cheek uh, before each game and after each game. So I'm not sure if everybody had the same uh, relationship feelings yeah. toward you know relationship that Jordan and Isaiah had. But I will say you know I believe that this probably stemmed from previous years with the bad boys and the Jordan rules, and that that probably took a toll on uh, Jordan's psyche and. Probably just put him in a bad place. That's that's my honest uh, thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I can agree with I don't that. Know. What do you, what do you no, think? I can agree with that, man. Yeah. I don't really have too much uh, opinion on the subject besides Isaiah Thomas not having an opportunity to win a gold medal. Um, clearly, Jordan Jordan pulled rank 
as much as who he was. Yeah. And uh, to his credit, he never mentioned Isaiah. Everybody, it was one of them un, unsought after things that people just knew. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, to avoid any kind of friction between the dream team, with them having a goal of you know winning gold medal and going out there and making it and stick a claim with that stack of a roster, they didn't need Isaiah. Right, right. But I, I know we we got to move on to the next topic, mm-hmm. but. I think we can all agree that there were some players, such as Christian Leitner, that college boy, you know, they clearly could have had a full professional team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they needed uh, a college player at that time, but they decided to. But there were some players, Larry Bird, I mean, he was he was old and we really didn't see that many contributions from him uh, during that, you know, Olympics. But. I think I think honestly he could have still found the spot. He may have not got that much, you know, playing time or many touches from Jordan per se, but I still personally think he probably deserved to have a spot. And there were some players that really didn't need to be up there that were up there. Thanks, thanks. Uh, you know, but uh anyways, speaking of the Olympics, let's talk about these Jordan 7 Olympics mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. essence, mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about his Nike Contract. Yeah, man. Speaking of those Olympics, bro, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off. But yeah, go watching ahead, that whole episode of the '92 Dream Team and seeing Jordan, you know, wearing those Olympic sevens, man, I was literally in my living room and those shoes were sitting right there for me. I grabbed them and I looked. I was like, "Wow, dude, I got a pair <laughs> of these." You know what I'm saying? I got a pair of these Olympic sevens that Jordan was wearing during those Olympics. So, man, that just brings to the nostalgia and it brings a connection too. That like when you buy yeah. when you buy the shoe, when you buy the Olympic sevens, man, it's like, come on, man, like Jordan yeah. was on a dream team in these, man. I got it. Yeah, Jay. You know, so that that's good to uh, know. And you said, uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Well, before I even make that point, we know that Jay Bird, he is the guru of all the Jordans. He's the plug. <laughs> plug. So I just want to. We call him Jay Bird for a reason, eh? We call him Jay Bird uh, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Nikes, man, we're going to talk about Jordan's Nike contract, how that all went about. Caleb, you got some information on a guy named Sony. Vaccaro or Vaccaro. Yeah, man. What's up with this guy? Um, it's just I personally like um I don't see it as fair sometimes that his name isn't mentioned with a lot of these major shoe contracts that was happening during those days, specifically in this case, Michael Jordan. Um I watched the documentary on um uh Netflix's ESPN thirty for thirty films. It was called Soul Man. And it was um, Mm -hmm. basically highlighting Sonny Vaccaro and how he was a pioneer, not only for uh, merging shoe shoe contracts and shoe deals, but a lot of the things that we see with the big time universities, these big time coaches getting paid, uh, even beckoning for athletes to get paid for their likeness, as we starting to see now in the year 2020. But this was back 10, 15, 20 years ago when he was beckoning for this stuff. And uh, Michael Jordan, his agent, Sonny Vaccaro, they all were a part of Michael Jordan signing with Nike. As we all know, he didn't originally want to do. He wanted to go with Adidas. But Sonny Vaccaro, you know, made a pitch towards Nike, said, hey, give this guy his own brand. I just bring him up because he doesn't get enough credit in the media or in a lot of these documentaries. There was even a photo that had his back turned inside of the documentary, but his name was never mentioned. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves for pioneering a lot of wow. these major contracts. And, and real brief, why why do you think they're not really 
uh, giving this guy any notoriety. Um, just, you know, friction in the front office. You know, when you become the guy who goes against the grain of the boss and you want to go with your mm-hmm. own ideas versus the ideas of the, the entire table. You know, if you're that one person that's always late, but you're showing up with the great ideas and doing this and going against the grain, nine times out of ten, you're blackballed because you're not following suit. And I really gotcha, think that's just gotcha. what it was. And Justin, I know you have some points that you want to make on and hit on that. But real quick, I just want to say, so in essence, who do we really give credit as far as establishing the Jordan brand? Because we hear stories about his mother, Mrs. Jordan, you know, forcing uh, forcing it down his throat uh, to go get on that plane and meet with Nike, who was not as up to par with Converse and Adidas at that mm-hmm. time, but wanting to at least hear what they have to say. Yeah. Or do we give it to David Falk? Or do we, you know, his agent, who also, you know, had pitched the idea, which I believe you said was from Sony Vaccaro, yeah. about getting his own brand or his, uh, his own signature yeah. shoe. And- who do we give that? that you know the compliments to shoot man uh ultimately you got to give it to jordan because he's the one who out there you know what i'm saying we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for jordan the athlete you know mm. uh don't forget about george raveling but i do encourage everybody basketball enthusiasts shoe enthusiasts college basketball enthusiasts to take a look at soul man um it's about an hour and a half it's a 30 for 30 so you know those films are always good man so check that out and you'll get a little bit more understanding of what we're talking about but um absolutely and Jay Bird, you are, like I said, you are the sneaker guru. You've, uh, man, ever since I know him, he's had all the all Jordans. The he's had, he's had all the knowledge movie. about it. Nah, it's history. Nah. You got, you have some information that we nah, don't have. Nah. And I think it's very important for you to hit us with those nah, details. What you nah, got man, for us? You know, uh, 1984, the first pair of Jordans came out was, uh, was the Air uh, Jordan 1s, man. Um, they were originally, you know, Ooh. Nike. Originally started with a uh, shoe called the Air Souls. Um, what's crazy is that yeah. they changed the name to Air Jordans. Uh, and, oh wow! And yeah, so with those shoes, man, it started the trend of the, the first Jordans in 1984. You know, Nike had set to where Jordan was going to sell a, a certain amount of pair, and he exceeded exceeded abundantly. You know, <laughs> with a. <laughs> With so many pair being sold, um, yes. In, in one year, 126 million, like, dog, wow. like 126 million Jordans in one year, and my man had a four year deal with Jordan. He and only had to meet three million dollars. So, I mean, three million. I think of sales. That was it. So, yeah. so what was the three million for though? What was the three million for? Was it just like a an arbitrary number they threw out there was it a stipulation into his contract for him to do anything so, like so or he just had to sell three million so it was a stipulation in his contract that he had to sell three million to keep in order to keep his contract uh to, you know for the, the signature shoe um oh wow right so you know jordan getting paid at i think it was like 250 uh 250 yeah as yeah. a as a rookie mm-hmm. and i think nike has never signed a player i think it was like that high so far as in, you know, their own signature shoe especially to being a rookie in the NBA. And it hasn't even done anything in the league. It hasn't shown any promise, no championships, no MVP, no rookie of the year, no nothing. And it already mm-hmm. has wow. a contract <laughs> with Nike. But you got to remember this, though. Nike at the time was just a – Nike at the time was just a uh, – was a, was a company that was for track stars. That was it. Uh, they made shoes for mm-hmm. track athletes. So – and yeah, tennis, and tennis, right? and, tennis, and Arthur Ashe. Ashe. So, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, um, 
So, I mean, they their image was just, you know, was those two sports only. So to go towards basketball was like a big risk and a big uh, it was a was a big risk for both uh, for both of them to understand. Like, hey, listen, you know, we believe in this guy, um, and let's see what he can do. And after that, man, I mean, it's it it, it was on, man. Like, it, ever yeah. since then, Jordan's been every single year. Jordan had a had a new shoe coming out. Um, and I, and I can't. Yeah. I think the the cool thing about it was, man, is Jordan's became a basketball shoe, but then later on, they became you know. Uh, they became a fashion statement, man. It's like everybody had to have yeah. Jordan. everybody had to have Jordans. Uh, Correct. And, you know, Jordans yeah. became man something that's just like inspiring to kids standing in lines, long lines outside of Foot Locker, uh, Finch <laughs> Line. Uh, I mean, all these athletes' foot. I, I remember, I remember athletes' foot. I don't think they're in business. Heck anymore. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about Jordan would like, I mean, just sell out in within minutes with everyone standing outside. So, I mean, I remember I had my yep. days, man, when I was a kid standing outside with my pops, me and him, lined up on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, lined up for some J's. So, we all... Yeah, see, that's why, that's why he the sneakerhead, man. That's why he the sneakerhead. <laughs> oh, man. But exactly. you got to look at it, man. You know, the, the sneaker culture, man, has really changed, man, by Jordans, man. And Jordans has, has been, like, an inspiring, inspiring shoe. Uh, that a lot of like a lot of kids nowadays, um, you know, just have taken off with. Uh, and, and when you talk about the sneaker culture, man, it's 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 so crazy now, man. Jordan's is like literally the highlight of the reason why there is a sneaker culture. If you if you think about the it, sneaker culture, yeah, yeah. facts. I'd agree. And Absolutely. to mention that too, man, as I mentioned, those Olympic sevens, uh, that was the first shoe that I ever camped out for. Wow. wow. That was the, like, wow, like, even you bringing that up, man, just like, I'm sitting here, you know, reveling at these Olympic sevens because Jordan was on a dream team, but also come full force that those were the first shoes that I ever camped out for. I was in North Carolina. I was like, I think I was 21 years old. I'm sitting out there <laughs> four o'clock in the morning waiting for the shoe store to open, something I've never done. Just to yeah. get a pair of shoes, man. So that does speak volumes to who Jordan was. Yeah. Now, just imagine, imagine if Jordan wouldn't have signed with Nike, but he would have signed with Adidas. Uh. Like, would everybody be rocking three stripes right now, dog? <laughs> yeah. How would they look? How would they even have the jump the the Jumpman logo? I wonder how. It's crazy, yeah. man. I mean, is 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 just so crazy, man? Thinking about like, uh, you know, you know, uh, the commercial. I want to be like Mike. Remember that commercial? And yeah, the Gatorade man. commercial, yep. and mm-hmm. Mike got the the shoes on, and the next thing you know, literally, like everyone had the shoes on the next day. Spike, Spike Lee, Lee. <laughs> and let's Spike talk, bro, let's talk was, about Spike yeah. Lee, man. I mean, Spike Lee as well. Mars, Mars Black, bro. Mars, Mars Black, man. Yeah, Young Mars. Is it the Is shoes? It the shoes? <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, money. It's gotta be the shoes. <laughs> like, even in what, what movie? Yep. What movie did Spike Lee have, man? Uh, do the, do right, the right thing. thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> the dude yep. rolled over the dude's shoes, but he was like, "Did you just roll over my Air Jordans?" You remember which one they were? Uh, the cement fours, the white cement fours. Yep. The greatest Jordans of yep. all time, in my in my uh, opinion, the white cement yeah, fours are the greatest Jordans of all time. But you know, we're not gonna get into I per- it. Yeah, I personally like that he got oh, yeah, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, you know that. Yeah, um, and also. Did you guys ever rock uh, no. Team Jordan? No, sir. 
Um, don't no, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. No, I, the team, Jordan, some fire the team Jordans used to be the shoe before they started retroing the 13s, the 12s, the 11s. Yeah. Like there were mm-hmm. some team Jordans that we see now that we didn't even consider yeah. them as team Jordans, but they were just still they were Jordans at the yep. time, you know. Mm-hmm. I know people that have that rocked them. Um, I can't. I, never, I rock. Yeah, them. I can't specifically I name never. the shoes, but Randy Moss. Randy Moss was. Randy Moss had a pair. At, yep. My, Michael Despite Finley Lee was rocking them. Exactly. The only ones that were nice. Ray. Ray Allen was rocking them. Yeah. You talking about? Yeah, Spizak was the only Spizak. ones that yeah. everyone that everyone would rock because they were they were the closest one to being dope. But that that came out more. Yeah, but that one came yeah, out more right. modern. Yeah. The ones I'm talking, the Team ones that Jordans was there, me, bro. I don't care what nobody. They were saying. there. They were on the rise, bro. I completely agree. I remember like it was just facts. I number one, they were affordable, and number two, we seen other athletes that were actually on this Jordan team brand. Yeah. So of course, you know they were they were the culture. Yeah, they were bringing that, the wave. So yeah, man, that meant something back exactly. then. Right now, it meant, it meant something. I ain't rocking no CP three. Oh, hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> nah, I ain't rock. I'm not even rocking no <laughs> no mellows. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get these Blake Griffiths, bro. Negative. You got these Blake Griffiths in the tin? Like, nah, man. Come on, man. The Russell Russell. Yeah, let me get the why not 2.0s. <laughs> but no. to be, but to be honest with y'all, man, oh, man. You know, the sneaker culture, man, and the urban culture has combined, man, and it's, and it's been crazy for you know. For the times back oh, in the man, '90s man. and the early 2000s and into the time we're in right now, man, it's it's crazy, man. And I, I love it, man. I still rock sneakers to this day, man. I still got sneakers in the closet as of right now. All the Jordans, I don't. We believe I don't wear it, them all, but I still got them. <laughs> Absolutely, I fully believe it, though. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Hey, man. Hey, look, guys. We're, we're gonna go ahead and take a shift, man. We're gonna talk about the image and the activism that Jordan has either played or did not take part in. Um, I think uh, personally, Jordan has always had a love hate relationship with his own people and that being the black community. And the reason why I say that is because you have uh, athletes and legends such as Muhammad Ali that really didn't put their career in front of who they were as a person. He was always, he was always a person that was upstanding and, and put his people first. Mm-hmm. So I think the greatest example that he displayed, and this being Muhammad Ali, was during the military draft, there was a war going on. I can't remember which one, uh, but it may have been, I think it was Vietnam, the Vietnam War. It was one of them. Um, but, yeah, it was one of them. Uh, forgive me to any veterans out there listening, but um, Muhammad Ali said, I'm not, I'm not entering this draft because I don't believe this bully of a country to go overseas and bully and kill off other people that are not even messing with us. So, um, of course, Muhammad Ali was, uh, I believe he was thrown in jail for that and eventually released, but he stood his ground. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have other icons such as Jordan, who even on a smaller scale, not to the magnitude of going to war, but we have, there's obviously an issue in this country with black on black crime. Mm -hmm. But it just makes it a little bit more of an eerie feeling when it becomes about clothing. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you guys, but last time I checked, you know, having people get shot over shoes, mm-hmm. I, I get it. They're, they're, they're one of a kind. They're beautiful. They, they look dope. But 
it's not that it's not that deep. Yeah. Um, but when these type of instances occur and it being behind the Jordan brand, Jordan's name is all on it. So people are eventually going to turn their eyes and lift their eyebrows up to him to say, hey, look, what you doing this? Yeah. What are you doing? I, I mean, we get it. This is this is going into your pocket. This is your money, but not at the expense of losing lives. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to touch base, you know, get get your, your guys' brains running and see what do you, what do you guys think about that man i'm gonna be honest with you my mind with this was running because when the last dance first um started to you know catch headway i was asking i got curious man i would ask uh, many of people i would ask people of different ages i asked my mother i asked my father i asked a, a lot of different people like yo what was michael jordan like who was michael jordan and mm-hmm. I found that the older generation of people were saying that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Michael Jordan was a good basketball player, but it was always a but because he didn't do the things that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did, you know, standing up for his people using his platform. Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. standing up for his platform. And it was specific when Muhammad Ali said, I can't even go in certain restaurants and eat. So why would I go fight the war that I can't even go at a restaurant and eat with y'all? You know, absolutely. He stood up for his people because of the platform that he used, you know. Mm-hmm. So when it came to Michael Jordan and when Michael Jordan failing to put his name out there polit- po- uh, politically endorsing, of course, the situation that we're talking about um, was against Harvey Gantt. Um, he was in, in the 1990s uh, Senate race. He was a black man from North Carolina going up against Jesse Helms, who at the time, everyone knew that he was, you know what I'm saying, he was on the side of a lot of racist, you know what I'm saying, rhetoric during that time, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. by saying like, well, we're going to segregate our schools, but we're going to give them the choice to if they want to or not, you know, and it was a lot of obvious ways that people knew that he was, you know, pro-racism and different things of that sort. So as a as an opportunity to promote a black man for his community, Michael Jordan failed to do so, but he did send him a check and he did endorse him with his money, but he didn't do it right. publicly because what, what did Jordan say? He said, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying, put my name out for a guy that I don't even know, which is understandable, you know, Absolutely. which is understandable. We wouldn't see um, Jordan being a majority team owner in the NBA right now if Jordan would have took that stand at the age of 27, you know. So Absolutely. we can understand it on both sides of the aisle there. Um, but that does give us the in the expedience now as far as like when we talk about LeBron, when we talk about a major icon athlete like that, to be able to step out and talk about the issues that are going on racially and injustice mm-hmm. that's happening in the communities. That's why some will consider LeBron James a greater athlete than Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, and, and I realize even now, I mean, we have some athletes that are willing to risk their career, such as Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's he's probably the greatest example out of all of them. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that he doesn't have that backing uh, or that support that LeBron has. LeBron is the face of the NBA. Face. And, uh, Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick was not the face of the NFL. So, yeah it was easy for them to ball him up and throw him in a trash can. However, <laughs> he knew that he knew, he knew yeah. that. So it, it was just about what he put priority on and he put his, his people above his career, which is respectable. Yeah. Um, 
as far as Jordan goes, I get it, man. Like you said, I understand, I understand both sides of the aisle. And if you don't know what you're talking about or don't know what you're getting into, it's best it's to just keep remain quiet. quiet. Yeah. Um, but I think I think when he gave, you know, that financial uh, endorsement, that was proof in the pudding that, hey, look, I'm just trying to quiet you guys down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out of my head. Yeah. So, um, at, 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 hey, look, we appreciate your money endorsement, but sometimes we need a face. We need a voice instead. But to his, you know, to his credit, he he didn't know what to say. He doesn't. He didn't have that education in politics. So can't. you can't be too mad at him. But sometimes you wonder, like, hey, is is money more? You know, it's six one way half a is dozen money- another man. You know. Absolutely. Six one way, half a dozen another, man. And, and it's tough for it's, Jordan. It's, it's, uh, you know, going back to what Caleb was saying, you know, I asked my mom and I asked my pops, you know, because, you know, of course, they were born in the time and they were around that era. And, uh, you know, I was asking my mom how she felt about it. And she gave actually a, a perfect statement behind it. And um, mm-hmm. what, she, what she said was public figures can play a key role in directing the discourse by using their platforms to bring attention to issues facing these mm-hmm. marginalized communities. Athletes such as Michael, with his fame and adoration, clearly possess the clout to advocate for the voiceless. And, you know, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with her. Um, you know, Mike does have a voice. You know, his game speaks a lot uh, on the court, but as well off the court, he's... I mean, he's Michael, man. He's Michael Jordan. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to be like him, you know. And everyone's always watching him. And he always had to be. He always had to has that switch turned on when he steps outside of his outside of his house or wherever he's leaving the arena. So for him to, you know, to voice his opinion or, you know, it, it's it, it can be very heavy to anybody um, to saying something or to saying nothing. Yes, the money. The money was cool. The money was great. But at the end of the day, I think people wanted to hear more of a voice behind what he really had to say, regardless on, you know, on Gantt and supporting Gantt. And I kind of look at it as this right here, man. Athletes, man, they have the right uh, to di- to actually be into politics or they don't want to be in politics. It's up to them. Um, you know, we get a lot of we get a lot of superstars today and a lot of superstars who are really, you know, are into politics. Like, yeah, of, of course, and speaks all on the court and speaks off the court. LeBron James is one. He's the biggest one mm-hmm. I always go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he speaks so heavily and he speaks so much mm-hmm. into how, what he believes. And he even tweets out. And, you know, of course, like to our, our own president we are in today, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Donald Trump himself, yeah. he will speak out to him if he has to. So, I mean, it's cool, man. But sometimes I also feel like, you know, Michael has a great point. His craft is his craft. He believes in his craft and he wants to perfect his craft. So he has no time to to dive into something that he knows nothing about. So it's to me, it's a, it's a 50, 50 ball yeah. game. Yeah. And I just love that. I, yeah, I love I that comment that your mother made, man, as far as like, he was a voice to the voiceless. Now in that time, man, we see this dude, Jordan, this dude, Jordan had people. He was a global icon. You know what I'm saying? In mm. the world of sports, in the world of media, like it was just Jordan, you know? So mm-hmm. if maybe if Jordan would have not maybe have endorsed, you know, the politician, but still may not have agreed with the 
the ideologies of being able to, you know what I'm saying, go against or for um, someone who pro- proposes racism in a way nationally on TV, you can do the same thing by having your, you know what I'm saying, your voice about it that could have possibly sent the shockwave into being like, look, man, we all understand that, you know what I'm saying, we're all people in this nation, you know what I'm saying, I have fans that are white, I have fans that are black, I have, you know what I'm saying, blah, 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 Zay, he even go on to saying that Republicans buy shoes too, you know, like, yeah. so, you know what I'm saying, you could tell at the time he had an opinion about it, you know what I'm saying, but he was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk my personal brand or what I'm building because I don't know the, the peak of it, you know what I'm saying, again, you know, who knows at 27 years old, I'm not sure if I would, if I was on that particular stage, I believe that I would have something to say, you know what I'm saying? But I, that's just me. I, I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing to that. We are able to have that conversation um, regarding Michael Jordan, his platform. And also later on in the episodes, we saw that it ain't easy nah, being MJ. Nah. <laughs> it's not. It won't easy being MJ, man. <laughs> Yeah, he even he even talked about how he couldn't wait yeah, to get out of the lifestyle crazy. that he was. That was crazy. Like, yeah. and and that yeah. and I'm sorry, guys. That even brings to the point now. I even heard like seeing reports that like we don't even see Jordan at the NBA games, bro. Like this is the greatest basketball of all time, and we see him now in his later years really being a recluse. Like he's a recluse, bro. Like we don't really see Jordan at a lot of uh, signings. He rarely shows up. When Zion signed his Jordan contract, was the first time we really started to see Jordan in another country promoting his brand. Still, you know. So that's yeah. what. How long was that? From eighty-five to what? Eight nine? What? Two thousand three. His entire career. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough being in the spotlight for that long, man. So, um, just to have a few bu- at that magnitude, that magnitude, yeah. just to have a few blemishes on his record, man, speaks to him as a person. Speaks to his camp. Speaks to his team, like the people that he had around him, his mother, his father. So, man, that's always um, that's always good. And uh, guys, I appreciate these topics, man, because that just brings us to this. Ep- these episodes was really not even. It was just a turning point, you know, it was a turning point for us to be able to look at Jordan in multiple ways to still see him as the greatest basketball of all basketball player of all time. But still being able to allude to his character, to who he was as a person, to who he is to us as basketball players as well. So it's just great, man. I appreciate you guys and your topics. Absolutely, man. I I enjoyed this. uh, I enjoyed this episode, man. Five or six. Yes, definitely. That was uh. It was amazing. I might man. even give him another good. watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to check out that Soul Man, yes, too. Yes, I'm going to allude to that again, man. You guys, please just check out Soul Man, S-O-L-E-M-A-N, and you'll kind of be brought up to speed with uh, LeBron's contract, Jordan's contract, Kobe's contract, you know. Just, I mean, it's just a lot of knowledge out there that we love to research and that we love to, you know, gain knowledge with as we get better too. So, guys, we thank you again for choosing in and tuning into the fast break. Again, my name is Coach K, Caleb Henderson. I got my brothers here with me, and uh, y'all know what it is, man. We're gonna sign out, but before we sign out, we're gonna do a little bit something different. Uh, we do have a word of the day for everybody to be able to, you know, let's sharpen our minds as we listen to the fast man, break. Man, we're gonna scratch words today, today, man. We're gonna go with a motivational quote from my man Michael, man himself, man. Uh, you know, quote that I is number okay. one. Uh, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've all 
I've also lost almost 300 games 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and miss. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeeded. And, man, honestly, man, take this with you, man, realize and just understand this quote, man. Uh, to me, it means a lot. It's, it says that, man, no matter how hard you try, you know, you will fail, but as long as you keep trying and keep trying and just keep proving that you are worthy, man, you will succeed like my man, Michael. Nice, man. Dope. Greatly appreciated that, bro. Greatly appreciated that. You already know what it is, man. This is the fast break. We'll catch you guys again, man. Peace. Peace.